in a quick prayer. O gracious Heavenly Father, be thou our vision. May whatever stands in the way to, um, to hear your word this morning, remove it. And let these words that come from my mouth be of you and not of me, so that, that we may grow closer to you, that our faith may be strengthened and deepened, and maybe for some in this room that they would answer the call in their lives for the first time. Lord Jesus, may you be praised in this. Come, O Holy Spirit. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, um, how many of you ever been to high school? There you go. Very good. Excellent. Wonderful. I guess it could be a personal question. But, yeah, I, I went to high school. I was in high school um, uh, 20 years ago this year, which is blowing my mind. Absolutely. Now, I know some of you are like, cry me a river. But, no, seriously, like, I... I remember my parents' 20th class, high school class reunion. I remember my grandmother and grandfather coming over to babysit us. I possibly could even remember what we had for dinner. I, I remember it. I mean, that's how vividly it is. And now here I am stepping into my 20th class reunion, which is just crazy. Now, in high school, I was popular enough. Okay, so what I mean by that is that people knew of me. I was very active in school leadership and, and things like that, like student councils, uh, the junior class president. I was a drum major in the marching band. I had my own little niche, and I had my, my own group of friends. But I wouldn't say that we were the quote-unquote popular kids. If we all understand, can we get an image of what the popular kid is? Just kind of hold that in place. If you were the popular kid, good for you. Uh, but I, that really was not necessarily, I don't think that was necessarily me. And how I know that is that the popular kids, the cool kids, the cool kids always had cool kid parties. And, and nary an invitation ever came my way to go to a cool kid party. Which is fine, because my friends and I, we made our own fun, and that, that was great. But I never really got a chance to go to the cool kid parties and be with cool kids in and around their cool kid ways. Now, one of the people in my group of friends, he began to level up, if you would. Now, if you don't understand level up, let me just give you a quick school in at least 20 years ago, high school politics. There are levels. It's a very much a caste system, and you are in whatever that is. It, it, you just go into the cafeteria, you can kind of look out and, and see which table is which, right? So one of my friends in our group of friends decided to leave our table and go to the cool kid table. And this friend had money, his family had money, things like that, and so that kind of made him a little bit more alluring to folks, whatever. But he decided to level up, and so he started throwing cool kid parties. And I wanted to go to the cool kid party. So in his pity, uh, in his I guess I have to, I got my first invitation to a cool kid party. And I RSVP, and I said I would be there, I want to come, I want to be a part of it. And so I went, I even, I did even the most uncool thing, I helped him set up for the party, I mean come on. I mean the writing was on the wall, like you're here to help set up, right? So I did all of that. The party starts, and no one could care less if I was there. And I could really care less about the people that were there. <laughs> you know, this was a two-way street, really. But I very, very quickly began to kind of fade into the faces. You know, I, I, I judged people's glances as they thought, you know, why is he here? You know, this is kind of, this is not really his crowd. And then I eventually, I just kind of made my unnoticed exit and just went about my way. 
the invitation to this party was a complete waste on me, done out of pity. My friends, if you know, more than know, if you have an experiential knowledge with Jesus Christ, that you have had an encounter with him, that you have a faith in him, that you have answered the call of uh, his call on your life, you have been invited to the cool kids party. You have been invited to the cool kids party even when you were not cool. Everything about your life, all the characteristics that you possess, that I possess, would say that we do not belong at the cool Christ kid party. There would be a man at the door who would look us up and down and say, please keep moving. But because we have answered that call, that call, that invitation that Jesus himself has invited each and every one of us, regardless of our characteristics, in the midst of our uncool status, he sends this invitation out to us, not out of pity, but out of an unfathomable love for you and I to say, come and be a part of this vibrant, loving, active party. And not only does he say, come and be a part of this vibrant, active, cool kids party, but he also says, by answering this invitation, you will become cool. I will impart and put on you the very characteristics that are needed for your entry into this we are looking at 2 Peter today. Now, 2 Peter is uh, the, the sequel, right, to the, to the first letter, so to speak. And he is writing this letter out to the same churches in Asia Minor. And it really is kind of his last letter before he dies. And, 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 it, and it reads a little bit like that. There's a sense of urgency there of what he wants to teach uh, uh, fellow believers. At the very start of this letter, he introduces them as fellow believers, people who are sharing in that same knowledge of Jesus Christ, knowledge that it's, it's translated as knowledge, it means experiential knowledge of Jesus Christ. So fellow believers, he is addressing this letter to, and he's addressing this letter to to try to teach them and get them ready for the life that they are about to live. It's his last few words. One of the things that I wanted to do, and I didn't quite do it, was, was to possibly put out a message on Facebook or social media or an email to you all to say, if you knew that you were going to pass away, what would you hand down to your loved ones, to friends, about your experiential knowledge of Jesus Christ? What would you say? And I'm not saying it has to be textbook like Jesus Christ is the Lord. I mean, that's good. That's fine. But I would even want you to go deeper. Like, what would you say to somebody? What would you say to your loved one about what you know to be true in your life about Jesus Christ? I think for me, I want to say to my kids that no matter how uncool you may be or that you may think you are, no matter how, how much you think that you are disqualified from the love of Christ, he loves you anyway. And not only does he love you anyways, he has called you and he has made you his own. That's kind of how I would probably try to just to leave that with them. To know that in life there's going to be boo-boos and there's going to be other kind of parties that you're going to want to go to. But that Christ loves you in the midst of whatever it is that you might be going through and whatever mistake that you may make. 
So Peter is doing that same exact thing. He is saying to them that it is time to confirm, to remember, to be unshaken in their understanding of who God has called them to be. In 2 Peter, verses 10 through 11, in chapter 1, from the message, Peter says this, So friends, confirm God's invitation to you, his choice of you. Don't put it off. Do it now. Do this and you'll have your life on firm footing. The streets paved and the way wide open. The doorman says, come into the party, into the eternal kingdom. The cool kids, the cool Christ kids party of our master and savior, Jesus Christ. This letter is a love letter to fellow believers in Asia Minor. For them to understand that there's crazy stuff surrounding them and things and other, other parties to go to that are going to try to pull them down. And he says, don't do that. Remember your calling, who Christ has called you to be. And not only remember it, confirm it. RSVP to whom Christ has called you to be. A cool Christ kid at a cool Christ kid party. And so that's what we are going to, to dive into today, if you would entertain me on that. And what I want to look at is very first and foremost, well, who has Christ called us to be? And I'm sure we could sit here and, and put down a laundry list of, of items that, that, you, that you all, fellow believers in this room, could very, very quickly come up and talk about. This is, uh, I either forgot about this in the Bible, but Peter uses a phrase that just blew my mind, that just brought about a sense of great joy and assurance of who Christ has called us to be. The very first thing that I would say, how Christ, who Christ has called us to be, are these cool Christ kids. He has called us to be the partakers in the divine nature. Let's talk about that. Partakers in the divine nature. Now we could say that Christ has called us to be, uh, to go and sin no more. We could say that Christ has called us to be faithful believers. We could say Christ has called us to be humble. We could say Christ has called us to be loving, to love other people the way that he has loved us. We could, right, we could say all those things. Peter puts this all very, very much at the front of his letter into this little phrase. Christ has called you to be partakers in the divine nature. Looking at chapter 1, verse 3 through 4, he says this. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the experiential knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. There's a lot of words there, but a lot of powerful words. Peter, from the very, very onset of his letter to believers, has said this. In God's divine power, his all-knowing, all-sovereign, all-encompassing power, everything that he is in his call on your life has given you everything that you will ever need in this life of goodness and godliness. He has given you everything that you would ever need to be counted as a cool Christ kid, and that is coming from his divine power. 
And so the ramifications of that, what's not said is there, don't go looking for those things in other places. Those, that sense of purpose, that sense of meaning, that sense of life, don't go looking for it in other places because what Christ has done is he has done that in you in his call on your life. He has given that to you already. I was listening to a sermon from a man named Tony Evans, and he likened it to... When, uh, when, when there's conception and that, 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 that fetus that is inside the mom, if, it's, if everything is healthy and everything's going the way it's going, it has everything it needs to grow in life. Adolescence is in there. Uh, adulthood is in there. Everything that it needs that is there. It's the same thing with us and our faith in Christ. When he calls us and we answer and we are RSVP and we confirm that with an unshaking assurance Peter says, through his divine power, you have everything that you need for godliness. Everything that you need. And then verse 4, because he doesn't, it, it goes well, it gets better. By which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them y'all may become partakers of the divine nature. Partakers in the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire or sinful lust. What does that mean? What that means, did you see the change off in the books there? Did you see that? It's pretty, pretty smooth. But anyway, what that means is that not only do you have everything given by Christ right from the start to say that you are a cool Christ kid. But then, but then, growing up inside it, he says, then we want you to be partakers of this divine nature. That your very nature is then transformed into the nature of the divine. Into the nature of Christ. What is the nature of Christ? He is the one who came to save. He is the one who died for all of our sins. He is the one who came to glorify God. He is the one who flees from sin. He is the one who is humble and loving and serving and kind and compassionate and patient. He is all those things. That is all in his divine nature. And so Peter says, you answer this call, you RSVP to this invitation, and guess what? You have now the capability to live in that divine nature. To be the, have the very characteristics of Christ. We forget that so many times. Right? Amen. We forget that in so many ways. <laughs> When we, when we, when we remind, or when I'm telling you this, that you are a cool Christ kid, and you are faced with being a life, the life of that party, which would be the part two of this message, we forget. We forget. We turn a blind eye to it because even though a pastor or the Bible or Jesus himself is saying to you, you've got all of these qualities. You've got all of my qualities in you right now. We forget. We only remember all of the bad things. We only remember all of the things that count us out. The sins that we commit. 
the temptations that we fall into, the thing that we did yesterday, that thing that continues to plague our lives, that struggle, that addiction, that whatever, that's the only thing that we can see and remind ourselves. And so whenever we hear a message or we hear someone say, listen, you know, this, this faith is an act of faith. Go out there now and make disciples. We think, oh, no, that ain't us. That's for the paid people. I'll just sit here in my comfortable pew on my comfortable Sunday behind uncomfortable masks, and we will be here and, and, and do that, though safe. We will do that. But do not ask me, don't ask me to go and be a cool Christ kid because, Mike, that's not who I am. So then my question to you then, is salvation then ineffective? Is your salvation ineffective? Because Scripture has said that this is what salvation is. You know, the false teachers, the devil, the sin of this world wants you to believe that. It wants you to believe that you are not a cool Christ kid, that you don't belong at that vibrant party, and that you are ineffective. It wants you to be a wallflower at this party. Because if you are a wallflower, no one notices that you're there. They don't care if you're there. They don't care if you come or go or leave. And then therefore, the evil one has made you ineffective. And my friends, that's just not the type of party that we have been invited to. Be divine partakers. Be partakers in the divine nature. That very nature that comes from Jesus the Christ. This invitation comes from himself. It is the greatest invitation that you will ever need and that you will ever receive and that when you confirm it with an unshaking faith, there you will get the equipping and the molding and the very qualities that say that you are worthy to be there. But as we have up there, the, there's a part two to that. It's not only being assured that the very qualities of Jesus Christ, the divine, have been given to you. But it's also Partaking means to be participatory. And so, not just a wallflower, but the actual life of the party. So the second part of this, who has God called you to be? He calls you to be partakers in the divine nature, but not only partakers, be partakers in the life of the party. To actually go and be active and step into and live into these characteristics that Jesus says that you have. If you remember from a couple messages ago, I talked about how I used to wrestle and that I didn't want to be on the varsity, I wanted to be on the JV. That I actually threw the varsity wrestle-off match so that I wouldn't be counted among the cool kids on the team, on the varsity team, that I could just settle for JV. Why did I want to do that? Because if I settle for JV, I'm not accountable to any of this other stuff over here. I don't have to live up to that ideal. I can just be comfortable and do my own thing and not have that standard, but in doing so, have missed out on all of the strength all of the equipping, all of the betterment that could come from being on the varsity team. See, faith isn't a sideline activity. It's not a wallflower activity. Faith is a very active thing. So you can all be rest, you can all rest ashore, rest in the knowledge that you have been saved by Jesus in answering his call in your life. 
Rest in that. Lean in on that. But then become restless in your ongoing sanctification. Become restless in your everyday life to try to be more and more and look more and more and act more and more like the divine nature in which you possess. Let me say that again. Rest in your salvation, but become restless in your ongoing sanctification, that process that conforms us more and more like Jesus. And so Peter says this in his letter. He, he's at, the, at the top of the letter, he says, the, in his divine power, you've been granted all of these things that pertain to life and godliness. You have it. You have it all. And that not only do you have it all, but you become partakers in the divine nature. That if you were to look at the characteristics of who Jesus is, you have that. You share in that, and you must participate in that. And then he goes on. I'm going to read from the message because it reads a little bit better. But I do encourage you to read it in whatever translation you have. He goes on from that. Not only do you have it, he says this. So don't lose a minute in building on what you have been given. Do you see how this is forward moving, how this is foundational? There are building blocks here to make us into a better, more real person who we are in Jesus. Peter says, don't lose a minute in building on what you have been given, complementing or adding to your basic faith, that foundation which you rest in, adding on to that good character, spiritual understanding, alert discipline, passionate patience reverent wonder, warm friendliness, and generous love. Each dimension fitting into and developing the others. Because why? With these qualities active and growing, or in the ESV, if these qualities are increasing, if they are continuing and building and multiplying, in your lives, no grass will grow under your feet and no day will pass without its reward as you mature in your experiential knowledge of Jesus Christ. It means that as you become restless in trying to become more like Jesus, each and every day these qualities build upon each other. And so you can do it in small ways or big ways. I don't care. Just as long as you are continuing to grow in these things. And what Scripture says, what Peter says to his audience and to us that if that continues to grow, and if those qualities continue to increase, guess what? You're not going to have that desire to, to, to be uncool, to, to fall into the desires of sin. That voice inside of us that's still there becomes more quiet and more mute. And what we hear is the voice of the Lord saying, I have given you my invitation to be a part of this vibrant party, and I've made you a cool Christ kid. Now go and live and be like that. And if you go and live and be like that, these qualities will continue to grow and multiply in you, and you become more and more into the image of Jesus. My friends, that's the end game of why we are here. Sin broke the world and tarnished the masterpiece. And so now through God, sending his son Jesus is starting to wash that stuff out and draw in and, and, and put in the very qualities that were originally there to one day where we will be fully partakers without blemish in the divine nature. 
But what Peter reminds us is that this happens now. As you confirm an RSVP to that invitation on your lives, you've been given all of these qualities. Now build upon them. Because if you build upon them, they will multiply in your life. You will see the fruit of them in your life. And not only will you see the fruit of them in your life, but by, but by extension, people will begin to notice and they will hear that irresistible call on their life and come to the cool kids' party. RSVP to whom Christ has called you to be. May the pews that you sit in today begin to become uncomfortable. May you walk out of here realizing that you have the very cool kid qualities to the best party that has ever been thrown. And that if you live and grow into these qualities that I have just stated, good character, spiritual understanding, alert discipline, passionate patience, reverent wonder, warm friendliness, generous love. And we can, I mean, we can name them every which way. There's a, there's a list like this almost in several places in the New Testament of, of what those characteristics should be. Live and grow into that. Don't be satisfied by the basic nature of your faith. You're saved by grace status. Rest in it for sure, but become restless in trying to become more and more like Christ because he has given you those very qualities. Everything you have, you have in him within you right now. So build upon that. Grow. Become restless. Confirm your invitation each and every day so that others may see and confirm that same invitation and be welcomed to the party. Let's pray. Gracious Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for this very simple message. And I am reminded of, of, the, of the world in which Peter was fighting against a world of naysayers, a world of false teachers, a world of false thinking that says that, that the message uh, of you, O oh Lord, is, is null and void, that it doesn't make sense, that they, that they waited for you to come again and, and, and it didn't happen, and so they think it is all hogwash. And I think about our culture as we sit here as Christians in that same type of, of paradigm where people think that it's all just fantasy. And how that can begin to get into our stuff. And how that can begin to, to make us wallflowers in this great party of life. Lord, awaken in us a spirit of restlessness. So that each and every day we try to live into the characteristics that you have given us. To partake in that divine nature. And to not stand in our sinful ways, immovable, unnoticed, idle. Awaken that desire in us, O oh God, so that there may be a revival in this land. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hear now the words from the Apostle Peter as we have our benediction today. You, therefore, beloved, Knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people who lose your own stability, but grow in the grace 
and the experiential knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. Have a wonderful Memorial Day weekend, everybody.